You sit back and watch for the bullshit. Because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's Was right. Uh, I think this is episode what seventeen something like that. Oh yeah, what was the last one? Yeah, it's episode seventeen. Yeah, that's right. Um, I will be. Let's get the dates out the way. Um, I will be in San Francisco. Uh, from the fourth of December to the 9th, okay, again, hop on my Instagram to see, you know, me posting the flyers for all the various shows, um, I believe the first one I got down is the Charm Offensive at the San Francisco Punchline on the 5th. So that's the first show. Come check that out. But uh, I'm a, I'm on shows every day that week. Um, so I'll be up there, you know, shortly doing that. If you want to, if you're in the Bay Area, I know I got some fans up there. I know I got like it's a yeah. So come check me out. Um, also today I was on um another fellow veterans podcast, uh, Jessica Wellington and Felicia Michaels. Uh, of the comedy store have a podcast called Liars Club. It's awesome. They have a thing where you um, uh, they have a thing where you basically you they have a guest and you tell a lie. You well, you you come and tell two stories. One is a lie and one is the truth. And uh, and at the end they try to guess which one is they you know they ask you questions and they try to guess which one is a lie and which one is the truth. So you know. It'll be dope. It'll be dope. Um, yeah, so getting right into the, the news of the week. I don't even really know where to start. Might as well start with hip-hop. First of all, I'm feeling this Jid album. J.I.D. Jid uh, of Spillage Village fame, um, of Dreamville fame. I mean, he just dropped his second uh, full-length studio album. It is... It's every bit as good as the first, um, called DiCaprio too. And I, I'm just—I've been listening to it all day. It, it's the shit. Maybe I'll play a little bit of it. I don't know how much I can get away with playing. I think, yeah, because I'm critiquing it, I can play a little bit of it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna look up the legal shit, then I'm gonna get back at it. I don't really give a fuck. What am I talking about? Um, but it's good. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> uh, and keeping it with hip hop, uh, your boy Takashi Six Nine. Now, if you don't know who this kid is, that's okay. Um, he was posed poised to be this generation's, uh, you know, wild card. Um. He had a he had a very he had a very uh sticky fingers flow. 
Not okay. That's not fair. He he, he has sticky fingers delivery, but not his flow. He didn't have his. You know, he just sound, he sounded like him. You know, he had that like like I'm the nigga that's yelling, you know, on the song flow, and it, you know he yelled well. Uh, and I'm not gonna say he didn't have bars. I mean, he had some bars, but you know, I wouldn't call him super lyrical either. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, this kid was super popular. Um, and I don't know if he was a blood that became a dope rapper or if he became a dope rapper and then joined the bloods or what, but he just got mixed up in a lot of street shit. And, you know, part of me feels bad for the kid. Um, cause it's like, cause it's like, you know what I want, because what was unique about him is, I mean, this kid was wilding. I mean, beefing with everybody, calling people out, threatening niggas, you know, rappers from other cities that he didn't have no clout in and just people was gunning for this boy everywhere. And, 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 you know, and, and he was, he was still in the streets, like with street niggas doing street shit. And it's like, what's unique about him though, cause a lot of rappers that happens to Bobby Schmurder was one of them with it, you know, it was, they got potential, but they still in the streets, and I get it. Um, but but with six nine, it was like he had he had so many people try to warn him. You know, he Charlemagne the God tried to tell him on the Breakfast Club. I remember uh, Ebro tried to tell him from Ebro in the morning. Um, from Hot 97, I remember Fat Joe tried to tell him in another interview, and 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 several other people tried to tell him like, "Bro, you moving? You're you're not moving right." Like, and now he's 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 in federal court facing RICO charges with his whole team. I mean, it's so convoluted; it's hard to get straight exactly what happened and when. But but basically, he was being extorted by this gang that was. His man that were you know that were posing as his as his management, you know, and meanwhile to maintain his gangster image, he was doing all this wild shit on Instagram, and and, and you know what all the youngins are doing now. They they think the world needs to see what they're doing, you know. They think I can't just have a gun. I got to put it on Instagram so everybody knows I'm a nigga with a gun. I can't just be making money. I got to be on Instagram holding it up to my ear so niggas know I got money. And that, and and I don't know, you know, and it's like this has been obvious from the get-go, but the cops have Instagram too. The cops can get on the internet. It's not like, it's not secret. It's not private. It's public. You know what I mean? It's, you might as well be, you might as well be, have a sign on your front porch to say, I have a gun. Anyway, so part of me is like, fuck this kid. He he had every chance in the world. Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I was a young, wild, dumb fucking kid too. And I but I didn't have millions of dollars or number one hit or any of that stuff. So God knows how I how I would have been acting. Now I think this dude, you know, maybe calling him a kid is giving him too much credit because 
I think he's like 22, 23. Now, I wasn't a fucking idiot when I was 22, 23, you know? But, you know, your brain ain't fully developed at that age, you know? You you, you know, you got to be like 25, 26 before, you're, you, before you fully... You know, your shit is still, your shit is still developing. Your testosterone still at its peak. And you ain't ready for that. And you just, wow, man, when you just, wow, everyone's dumb in their 20s. No one in their 20s thinks they're dumb. Nobody in their 20s thinks they're stupid. No one, nobody in their 20s thinks they're crazy. You know, no, but, but it's like, listen, ask any man. Above 30, yo, in your 20s, was you wilding? Every single one of them would be like, oh, man, I was fucking in, yeah. Ooh. I mean, most people, not everybody. I mean, some people like, you know, Mormons and shit. But ask any woman above 30, yo, was you crazy in your 20s? Oh, yeah, I was fucking insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what? Almost without fail. Now ask 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 somebody in their twenties, yo, 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 you crazy, son. No, no, man. You you old nigga. Shut up, old nigga. First of all, 35 is not old. Suck my dick. Okay. Second of all, there's really no second of all. You only as old as you feel. I guess you only start saying that kind of shit when you get old. But thirty five ain't old, nigga. What you talking about, man? I'm in the I'm the best I ever been. I think so. I mean, maybe you know. I haven't done the math. Um. Oh, maybe I should move this microphone closer to me. But then, isn't that isn't that gonna is that gonna affect the sound quality of the whole podcast, perhaps? But I want to speak more directly into this motherfucker, so we're going to do it. Okay, a little behind the scenes here, a little inside baseball. There we go. That's a little more full and, and a little more full and clear. Um, yeah, it's Akashi 69. I feel I, I feel bad for the kid. Like part of me feels bad for him, and part of me doesn't. You know, it's like because I know. You know, I've been that dumb kid. I talk to little niggas all the time and they just don't, they can't, they don't listen. They got to learn shit the hard way. But like I said, I was that little nigga that had to learn shit the hard way. I had to learn everything the hard way. You know, it's it wasn't until much later in my life. I mean, it ain't even that far from my 20s. I mean, 36. But it's, but it's like, it wasn't until like my late 20s, early 30s that I started to really move differently you know when i stopped being reactionary and i started being proactive and i started planning and 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 those sorts of things you know get my grand admiral thrawn on you know be two steps ahead of the enemy learn which battles not to fight that's another problem i have now with the with with uh with people nowadays is motherfuckers feel like they gotta fight every battle you don't you don't gotta fight every battle sometimes you lose by winning you lose by winning you win you 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 
you you lose you win you win the battle and lose the war. That's what's catch that's what's catching Takashi up. He, you know the, the 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 feds got this nigga um on a video putting a hit on a nigga. FaceTime he first of all he's FaceTiming with one of his enemies and then t- and then telling the nigga yo I got 30 racks on your head. You know, and he, and of course, I mean, he didn't say it just like that. I mean, but you know, he said it in whatever slang he is. But the feds know what your slang mean, nigga. You ain't. It's like you can't be recording yourself committing crimes. Jesus Christ, how stupid can you be? Why are you recording yourself committing crimes? You have to know better than that. You got to do better than that. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that. Maybe I am an old nigga. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't get that. The, the need to have to fucking record every damn thing. <laughs> when you know you're doing dirt, you're literally creating evidence as you commit the crime. I, I just, I just, I just don't get that. I don't get it. You know, <clears throat> but, but like I said, it's like you don't got to fight every battle. You don't got to address. Everybody that try to come at you is like, especially when you got shit to lose, when you got millions. And on top of that is like, where's your team? Like, where's your, where are the people, where are the people around you? Cause, cause, cause it's not just him that's dumb. It's like your whole team dumb. Why is your management not isolating you? From the crimes they're doing, you're the cash cow. Everybody eating off you. Why, why are you there when crimes are being committed? Like even if you aren't doing anything, it's like, why aren't you there? Why are you there? You know, it's a, and then and then hold up. I ain't I ain't even tell you this. The feds tried to warn him. Yo, your team. Your team is grimy. Stay away from the niggas. He ain't want to listen. He did not want to listen. And now, and now he's paying the price. Now he's now he's facing what thirty years. And there's really nothing more to say about it. I mean, I don't want to be judgmental. I, I I don't wish nobody to lose their freedom. Um, but. It's hard. It's hard to 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 really come out with a clear emotions about this, you know. <sighs> well, what else we got? We got, oh yeah, um, people coming towards the border. I mean, I've seen arguments on social media about this all day long, uh, but apparently this uh, this caravan that was headed towards the southern border. I don't understand why this is a huge deal to some people. It's people trying to get into the country. I get that, but so are a lot of people. I mean, they act like this was like some kind of invading army marching towards the border. And they uh the they uh they use pepper spray on these people. Kids was in the crowd too. And and something something so disturbing I saw on Facebook about it was 
um, you know, a lot of people's response was, uh, well, you know what? Those parents shouldn't have put them kids in harm's way. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know what trips me out? Let's just let's just let's just get down to the to the meat and potatoes. Why don't you just admit that you're racist? Why don't you just wear that? Why, why, why don't you just admit that you don't you don't give a shit that it's brown people? Because <laughs> that's what you really want to say. You just don't want to look like. Because you know, I feel like a broken record sometimes on this podcast. It's like you don't want to look racist, but you want to be racist. You don't want to be labeled as a racist, but you want to hate, bro. So why don't you just say it? Just wear it. Just wear it, bro. Motherfuckers come up with all this other shit. Oh, just bro. Can you imagine? I mean, you pepper spraying kid. Like, can you imagine? It, 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 it? Shouldn't have put your kids in harm's way. Jesus Christ. It's just people seeking asylum. People trying to escape from a third world country that is wrapped in, in turmoil that was caused by us to some degree, to most degrees. Like we, and this is another thing that kills me too, my fellow Americans, is a lot of you motherfuckers, a lot of Americans that like, the, 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 that's patriotic. They feel like like you can't be patriotic and also admit some of the fucked up shit we've done, or some of the fucked up shit that we do, we still do. You like you can't possibly think every single thing America does is on the up and up, because America doesn't do what's right. We do what's in our best interest. And you can't have that both ways. I mean, if if it's in our best interest to destabilize some government and put in a dictator, we're going to do that. We've done that. We did that in their country. And you know what happens when you give a motherfucker absolute power? They get corrupted. Never works out. Dictatorships always turn into that. They always turn into... Motherfuckers getting murdered. I mean, it, it always turns into a shit place. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I feel like a broken record. I, I don't even care who is, um, who gets into the country. I mean, I don't give a fuck who comes into America. I'm going to be honest with you. You know? Cause, I mean, I, I mean, I feel sympathy for anyone that's like, I'm a roll these dice. I'm a roll these dice. I'm a walk halfway across a continent on the off chance that I'm gonna get into America so I can live a better life. And we got troops on the border like these motherfuckers are an invading army. I don't understand how you, how that doesn't bother you. You don't have no sympathy, no empathy. Because some of you motherfuckers, you know goddamn well 
that if those if them kids look like your kids, you have a you'll be singing a whole different tune. You have a whole different energy. But you'll never admit it. So what are we talking about? Mm. Yeah, be. Um, but on a, on a lighter note, you know, let's talk about something positive. Um, actually, before <laughs> before that, speaking of dictatorships or uh, totalitarian regimes, or I don't know what the fuck you want to call. It. I don't know what you. I don't know what China's considered technically. But now, I will say before I even get into it. There are definitely conflicting reports on exactly what this is and what it isn't. Okay. Um, but so let's just, so this might be through the biased American media, whatever. But China, it's being reported that China is implementing a social credit system, something akin to, I don't know if you watch Black Mirror. But there's a Black Mirror episode like this where like everyone had a score, you know, and you had to so you know, and people didn't want to associate with you if your score was too low. You you know, it's it's almost like how people treat followers now. Like you ain't shit if you only got, you know, forty followers or whatever. And I'm better than you because I got a thousand. So, uh, you know, and people's like that. You know, like you, if your score isn't isn't this many, then you know you can't come to the party. You know, you can't work. At this company, you can't, you know, get a discount on this flight, like that kind of shit. China's trying to do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's fucking insane. That's insane. I mean, but what do I know? I, you know, I don't know what it's like to be Chinese. Maybe they don't have a problem with it, you know, or maybe the benefit of, you know, whatever the government there provides, maybe that's worth all the freedoms, you know, maybe that's worth all the, the things. I mean, I'm against all that bullshit. Like what the, the idea that where you're born means that you belong to that government that they get to tell you how you can move and behave and what to believe and whether you can leave and whether you get to, yeah, that's bullshit. And, and that even happens here. Like you can't fucking leave unless they let you, you got to have a passport to leave America. What? Yeah. You got to have a passport to leave the country. What if I don't plan on ever coming back? Can't I just say, fuck this place and leave? Nah, you can't. Because you was born here. That's it. Now that they have power over you just because of where you was born. I don't know, but what's the alternative? Nothing? Having no way of saying you are us? I don't know. I'm I'm feeling real anti nowadays. <laughs> you know? Especially like um one of my one of my roommates moved out of my we ran out of room and it's like uh just having to put up, just having to put out an ad for how much the room is. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it just makes me sick. Having to, having to charge people just to live. 
What it costs to live in LA is fucking smothering. It's exploitative. It's sickening. It really is. And it's getting worse. It's not getting better. They're not doing shit to make it better. This motherfucker is up for sale and, and motherfuckers are buying. They're buying up all the places to live. They're charging extravagant, ridiculous monies for people to live there. It's getting out of control. It's getting to the point where people can't afford to live here. I don't know what, I don't know. Uh, they. It's almost like they can't see the future. They're not doing anything to slow it down because people are making money. And you know, in America, if it make money, it don't have to make sense. If it make dollars, it don't have to make sense. You know what I'm saying? That's everyone's excuse for every fucked up thing that happens in this country. Jobs. People lose our jobs. Fuck your job. If your job killing people, fuck your job. If your job is starving people, your job making people homeless, fuck your job. Fuck your money. God damn. We need a Robin Hood or a Batman or some combination of we need a we need a Robin Hood with Batman's gadgets to just walk around just fucking these billionaires. <laughs> Cause it's ridiculous. The richest nation in the world, we got all these fucking homeless people on the street. We there's there are enough empty homes in America where you could give every person a house. And still have houses left over. There's no reason, but but you can't afford to live. It's like that that that's so ridiculous to me. Even build even building how like there and there's so much free places free land to build on, and this whole idea of people owning land is crazy to me. Why the, why the fuck is it yours? It's only so much of it. That's like somebody owning the air. Why does it belong to you again? Because you bought it. Okay, you bought it from somebody that bought it from somebody that bought it from somebody that stole it from somebody. It, you can't. It ain't. A, it ain't no land purchase that you. It ain't no land purchase that you can trace back. That if you don't, if you trace back far enough, it, it, it's not a theft. You know. Now, some people say, well, we won this in the war, fan square. Okay, fine. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of it was like, you know, people trick people out of certain shit. And, you know. Now, I'm all about, I'm not saying, you, you, you know, when, when you, like, you know, if you living in your house that that's not your property, like you can't treat it like it's yours. But I'm just saying it's yours while you live in it. But it ain't yours in perpetuity. Yeah, I don't think it should belong to your family forever. Why? Why? And and you and you damn sure shouldn't be able to own land that you don't live on, that you don't work on, that you don't that you don't work. Cause motherfuckers, cause think about that. What what What's stopping some? Uh, what's stopping one of these billionaires from just buying all of LA, and then make and then making rent a million dollars a month, so nobody can live here? Nothing. Why should somebody be able to? Why should somebody be able to own 
residencies that they don't live in, that they don't intend to let anybody live in. I don't get that. And they just let it happen. It's so many empty fucking condos in in LA and in apartments that people can't afford. They're ridiculous. You look through look if you're not here in Los Angeles, just look up. Go on, uh, um, you know, go on one of these housing these housing websites like you looking for housing in Los Angeles, and fucking laugh your ass off. Some of the things you see. I mean, I I've seen. Fucking, I've seen people, people, look, I saw this ad today. Somebody said, actually, I'll pull it up. Shared, okay, $965 a month for for a space, for a private uh, space in this living room. Now, this picture Good Lord Jesus. Good Lord Jesus. Please help me. This picture is, I mean, this this is basically a closet with a cot in it and maybe a room for, you know, a couple of boxes with a curtain up in this living room. And they want damn near $1,000. $1,000. The ad right below it. Thirteen seventy five a month. Okay, thirteen seventy five a month for a bedroom, no bathroom. I don't even know how that works. A one bedroom, no bath. How the fuck that work? And I'm paying thirteen hundred dollars a month. What is it? A bucket? Is it an outhouse? Look, it's it says no. No pets, no alcohol, no smoking, no boyfriend over, no late night hangs, hangouts, no parking space, basically no fun, no drugs. Damn, so I'm paying $1,300 a month to sleep in a closet with no bathroom and I can't get drunk or high or have friends? What the fuck? It's, that's prison. You're paying money to, to be in a prison cell that you get to walk out of every day and go to work where you're not getting paid enough money to barely live in a city where you get to spend your whole check on this prison. It's, it's, like, a, it's like some kind of sick joke. And I'm going to be honest with you. Now and, and and it's not all of LA. I'm saying LA, but I mean Hollywood. Um, it, and it kind of spreads outside of Hollywood, but uh, but Hollywood is where this with this foolishness really it just gets fucking stupid. I've I've even seen rents up in the four thousands, four thousand dollars a month. Now those places are usually pretty nice, but they not get. But it ain't four thousand dollars a month nice. That's a fucking mortgage. Everywhere else in the country. Why in the hell would I rent an apartment from you for $4,000 a month? Because that means your rent is, is, is the average salary of, <laughs> of an American work. That's ridiculous. Anyway. Um, yeah, they're implementing a, a, uh, 
social credit system in China. Um, or they're trying to by 2020. Now I've had some people slow me down and go, well, oh, Brian, the American government tries to make China look bad. I'm like, yeah, nigga, but China be doing that bullshit though. Mm, you know? Um, they try to tell me, don't buy a Chinese phone because I like the, I like the, uh, the, the me mix too. Don't buy a Chinese phone because they got, they got, they, they spy on you. I'm like, well, nigga, the Americans, the American spies on me too. What the fuck difference would make? I don't know. <sighs> so on to good news. There is some, there's, there's good, there's good, uh, good shit happening this week. You know, um, the VA, the, the cancerous, uh, VA has decided to, uh, or the Connecticut VA, not, not the VA as a whole, Connecticut VA opens its doors to bad paper veterans. Now, this is something that I've been advocating for a long time. Um, a bad paper veteran is a veteran that was kicked out of the military. Now they, when you get kicked out with, uh, and you don't have an honorable discharge, you have what they call an OTH, which is other than honorable. Um, there's a couple other ones and then dishonorable. I've never seen anybody get a dishonorable. I think you really got to be trying to get that, but there's other than honorable. And then there's, you know, there's like, you know, caveats, but the point is, if you don't get an honorable discharge, you don't get any benefits. You don't get, you know, you can't, you don't get the medical stuff. You don't get the education stuff. You don't get the housing things, nothing. It's like you never served almost. I mean, you can, and you can try to get your discharge upgraded. That's a whole process, but the real, what the fuck is it? Okay. The real, uh, the real issue I have with that is, um, cause some of y'all may be saying, Brian, you, you know, what's wrong with that? You get kicked out. Yeah. You don't get your, but the real problem I have with that is if you make it to your end date into the end of your contract, your EAS, and you get out of the military, the VA is willing to treat you and even pay you money for your fucked up shit, your mental health, your physical health, all of that. Right. And, and honestly, the more, the more wild and fucked up your life gets, the easier it is to get those benefits. You know, you, you, if you, if you know, you out here wilding and then they, and then the VA finds out, Oh, you've been, Oh, you was in combat or something like that. They willing to, Oh, they go, Oh man, well, this, that, that will help you out. That's not your fault. We, you know, you, you're fucked up. But if those, if whatever's whatever mental health problem you have as a result of your service, right? If if that manifests while you still in, then they go fuck you. You, you understand what I'm saying? So two two Marines can get deployed, blah blah blah. They both have the same um, you know mental health issue that's caused them to flip out or be impulsive or you know do all manner of other wild shit. And, you know, and for and one of them manages to make it to his EAS without getting in trouble, right? Or without getting caught. And then they take care of him because he was fucked up in combat, right? But, but the other one flips out for the same reason 
But he, he hasn't made it to his end day yet. And they kick him out and say, fuck you, no benefits, no care, no therapy. You know, I think that's bullshit. I think if they fucked you up, they should help you out. It's just that simple. Um, but that's what the Connecticut VA is doing, and I think that's dope. I mean, very rarely does the VA do, um, very rarely does the VA itself do things that, that help veterans. Now, now, listen. I shit on the VA a lot, okay? And I don't don't get me wrong. The care at the VA is the VA the, the care at the VA is from my experience ranges from decent to the occasional excellence. And that's fine with me. But the bureaucracy at the VA that you got to go through to get to the care is the bullshit. You know, but I can tell it's some good people up there. There are. There's some good people working at the VA, but it's it's like it it's like being a good person and 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 going to Washington as a politician It's like you you still got to operate like a snake. You can't be a good person and and. You can be as good a person as you fucking want to be, but you ain't going to get shit done doing that. You know, that's how the VA is. It's so corrupt that it don't fucking matter how many good people you throw at it. The system is set up for corruption. It's set up for bureaucracy and red tape and um, and screwing veterans over, really. You know? The, the like politicians have all of this sh- this shit bundled in, where you know they create programs so they can say they created a program to help a veteran, right? But they don't tell the veterans about the program, <laughs> you know. So then they can go back and go, well, I created this program and nobody used it, so we had to cancel it. They don't tell anybody about the shit, or they make it so imp- so convoluted to get the shit. You know, because I know I was a homeless veteran. I was homeless as a veteran. And, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of the things that helped me were through the VA. But um, um, I, I, I ended up at a shelter that was for Iraq veterans. And if it wasn't for that place... I wouldn't have been able to utilize any of the shit that was available at the VA. Shit that I didn't even know about. You know what I mean? Like, how do you have a, how do you require a veteran to have a fax machine? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how how do you require a homeless veteran to have a fax machine to get a benefit? Does that make any fucking sense? Or an address? Does it make any sense? No. Or a cell phone. You know, it's a, so, you know, and and it's a mixed bag. I think a lot of veterans just get so, you know, because the shit is available, but a lot of veterans get so frustrated that they, they give up, you know, and you, so that, that would, that's my advice to all the veterans out there is like, yo, the VA, you make the VA your bitch. 
Don't give up. Be, be, be relentless and persistent and be relentless because then they'll give you what you ask for just to get you up out of there. Make the motherfucker see you every day. Call that motherfucker every day, even if you, even if they you're getting on their nerves. Fuck them. You know, get online, get on your, get on your, um, get on your damn e benefits. Get on top of. I forget what the medical site's called off the top of my head, but you know, stay on top of your own shit because they ain't gonna help you. It's it's so strange to me that the veterans affairs, the veterans affairs is actually against veterans. The veterans have to actually fight veterans affairs for things. Cause it sounds like some kind of department that's out there representing veterans. Like if you needed to sue the government, the v, the veterans affairs would be on your side. No, the veterans affairs is not on your motherfucking side. So, um, and to be honest with you, a lot of these, you know, they have these advocacy groups that are, uh, that are supposedly there to help you or whatever. But a lot of those groups are bullshit too. To be honest with you, a lot of those groups are bullshit. Um, so it, you got, again, do your research. Do your research before you, uh, before you fuck with one of those advocacy groups because a lot of times they be full of shit too. So, you know, talk to, talk to veterans, talk to, uh, talk to federal veteran, veterans about it. Um, cause the, the help is out there if you need it, if you need to talk to somebody, if you having damn, uh, you know, whatever symptoms, headaches, irritability, you know, you know what I mean? I don't got to go into it. You, if you haven't, if you having symptoms, you having trouble, talk to other veterans, you know, you're not alone out there. It's, it was a bunch of shit out here. Uh, if you know me personally, you're a veteran, give me a call or whatever. Uh, even if you barely know me, if you're a veteran, I got you. I'm, I'll at least talk to you about it, you know? Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, that's neither here nor there. That didn't even make sense. Why would you say that? And what content? Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, back to our black, our black history moment. Now, listen, I never, I, I'm, I feel fucked up because I don't address um, a lot of, a lot of. I have some international listeners, not a lot, not a lot, but quite a few. Um, it's people in the Philippines, Japan, Netherlands, Australia, Finland, the UK, Mexico, Spain. China, South Africa, that's it. Um, and I never really talk about them. I think I've done France, maybe. Um, but there's black history in some of these countries. And so I'm going to start getting to it. All right. What fucking country is RS? And I'm going to start getting to it. And I'm going to start today with Japan. Now, there's not a lot of black history in Japan. But I thought this was interesting. I came across this. Um, and, uh, there is a, there is a uh, Yasuki. Yasuki, 
the black samurai. Now, I'm pretty sure Yusuke wasn't his uh, birth name. Um, Yusuke, there was a black samurai, which I thought was just a, a dope, a dope thing. Now, um, and here's his, and, and again, like like a lot of slaves, uh, that you know, he didn't have, uh, you know, he he doesn't have like, uh, uh, there's not a lot about his early life. You know, just like just when I did my boy Toussaint, um, there's not a lot about his early life. Um, not only because he was um, an African slave, but also because uh, this is feudal Japan, and you know there was a lot of civil war and turmoil and shit. So, you know, not a lot of good records from the time. There's there's some, but not like not like now. Um, so basically. And, and also, I need to preface this by saying the there are a lot of conflicting reports, uh, or there's a lot of there's some disagreement about some of the details of Yusuke's story. But but the major shit is consistent throughout. I mean, I've seen um, you know of all the things I've read, there's a, there there's a bunch of things that are consistent. And for the most part, I just I I'm only going to talk about the things that I saw everywhere and with a couple of other little interesting tidbits that people, you know, maybe even down the middle of whether people agree with it or didn't. But, you know, the Internet is petty, so I don't have time. You know, I'm not I, I, I only did do one day of research. I only did one and not even like the whole day. My point is, this is the best as I could as I can surmise these are these things are all true and agreed upon by all the sources that I came across. Um, but there is disagreement about some of the things in his life. But for the most part, the the gist of it is uh, I mean, okay, the so the Portuguese were the first uh, Europeans to arrive in Japan, and they brought slaves with them, right? Um. So Yosuke's original master was a Jesuit priest named Alejandro Velignano. All right, he came to Japan as a Christian uh, missionary. Now his his correspondence with fellow priest Luis Fro, how you say that in French? F R O I S. Luis Fro, Froes? It's not Froes. Luis Fro. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to say it again. It doesn't come up anymore in the story. But his correspondence with his fellow priest, Luis, or Louis, <laughs> uh, are where most of what's known about Yusuke's uh, story comes from. Uh, so, Yusuke was this priest's, I don't know if he was a page or a bodyguard or whatever, but he was just, he belonged to this priest. And he he was one of the first Africans people in Japan had ever seen. Um. He was a foot taller than the average Japanese person at the time. So people thought, oh, this motherfucker is huge. You know, he was like a spectacle. People were coming, you know, people were busting down the, the priest's door just to get a look at him. All right. Now, word of, of, uh, of this tall black, person 
reached the ears of uh, Lord Oba Nobunaga, right? Oba Nobunaga, or was it Obu? Hmm. Let me get my facts straight. Oba or Oda? What the fuck, dude? Oda. Okay. So I, my uh, it's Oda, but in my notes I wrote Obu. Oba because I'm stoned all the time. So it's Oda, Lord o- Oda <laughs> uh, Nobunaga, uh, who was one of the most powerful warlords of the day and hell-bent on reuniting Japan, which was ravaged by civil war at the time. Right. So uh, Nobunaga had, he heard of this dude that was a foot taller than everybody, skin black, uh, your know, skin uh, black as night, and he was reported to have the strength of ten men. Now, yeah, if you Lord Obunaga, you know, Nobunaga, you like, yeah, I'm, I need to see this. And when he saw when he saw him, he 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 was so astonished by his black skin that he didn't believe it. He made him take off his top and had slay had uh, servants scrub him. To see if the black would come off. Yeah. that That's how not used to seeing Africans that the Japanese were at the time. Um, but Nabunaga was like, yo, strength of 10 men? Yeah, I need that. I need that on my side. So he brought uh, he brought Yasuki into his service. And I, I'm pretty sure he is the one that started calling him Yasuki, which was probably... Uh, at least according to one historian, uh, just a a Japanization of his given name, which nobody knows what it was. Um. Uh, so he was eventually brought into Oda's service. He was given a sword. Um. He he eventually learned fluent Japanese. He spoke a little Japanese already. Um. And he worked his way up and became one of Oda's right hand men. Rode beside him in battle, was allowed to eat with him, which was which was crazy for him to be able to eat with the Lord. Uh, not, uh, and after controlling, uh, I mean, you know, he he just, he won his prowess in battle. I don't know if he learned if they taught him the, the the samurai way or if he already knew how to fight. Like maybe he was a warrior already. There's a lot of disagreement about that. Um, but he was a bad motherfucker. I mean, he was, you know, he towered over everybody. He could hold his own in battle. And, and you know, nobody fucked with him. No, They did not want to smoke with Yasuki. So, um, you know, eventually he helped, he helped Lord uh, Nobunaga win, uh, win a lot of battles. And before he died, Nobunaga controlled over half the country. 
over half of the provinces in Japan. And he, you know, he was real close to achieving his goal. And uh, uh, he was eventually set up and betrayed by one of his associates, Akechi Mitsuhiro. Uh, no, Akechi Mitsuhide. Akechi Mitsuhide. Uh, fucking traitor, Akechi Mitsuhide. And uh, this dude set him up and 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 uh, raided his cat, raided one of his castles while he was inside. And tried to burn the whole thing to the ground. Um, now, Oda, once he realized like the battle was lost, uh, he committed seppuku, which is ritual suicide, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Yasuki was like, fuck all that, and kept fighting. He joined Oda's son and kept fighting. And, you know... Obviously, they still lost, and he ended up having to turn over his sword to the enemy. And because he wasn't Japanese, they didn't kill him. They sent him back to uh, to the Jesuits, where he reportedly lived happily ever after, or whatever. Maybe not happily, but whatever. Yeah, so that that's mm, that's what I know about uh, Yasuki. Um, and that's that's all that really is uh, to his story. But you know, he left his little mark on history. Um, said so don't so don't let you tell, don't let people tell you, man. This there's so much black history out there, I'm, and I'm pretty sure he he wasn't the last one. He maybe he couldn't have been. Maybe he's the first one, the last one, whatever. You know, our, our history gets erased a lot. Um. Because it's like, it's weird because I, I find myself reporting on black history, but then I, uh, reporting, I, I find myself talking about black history on this podcast, but but it's like, it's not like I'm out here discovering like hidden black history. This is just a little bit that I can find and that's still kind of obscure. But I mean, I you know, imagine all the shit that just ain't out there that just don't exist of greatness. Um, but yeah that's that that's been episode 17 I hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions gripes concerns whatever email me motherfucker bs with Brian Simpson at gmail.com um, you can also follow me on Instagram at BS Comedian, which you probably already are if you listen to this and uh, yeah yeah, that's it. You got my dates at the beginning. Come holler at your boy. Thanks for listening.